Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. And Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best of new inventory, great pre-owned inventory. And a fabulous service department that backs it up every step of the way at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Shutter time. Really. I once worked with uh, a guy I mean, that, at the, the newspaper that that poll on dissatisfaction, <laughs> okay, was all taken by our staff after his staff meeting. <laughs> I I was going to say I once played with a guy at the paper that uh, wouldn't wouldn't use a short iron. He putted from everywhere, and I mean really everywhere. <laughs> well, okay. Well, it's funny because. Jack Ham, who's a really good player. I mean, Jack's a terrific player. Uh, and whenever we play, we always play against somebody else. So it's the two of us against two other people. I would like to point out we have something like a 12 and one record or something like that. Okay? But the competitor in him will come out, and he'll say to me before we start, and I mean, and he's serious, Steve, look, we can't lose to these guys. I'm like, going, I got it. So, so now we we get to where this is. I don't know. I've told this story before. This is like four or five years ago. I we get to the sixth hole. At, we're playing Chartiers this day. We we weren't playing Sunny Hand. We're playing Chartiers. And I it's short, this this sixth hole has like a false front to it. It's like five or six. I think it was the sixth hole. It has a false front to it. I hit a wedge in. I'm like, hey, I hit it pretty well. And I turned out I'm 10 to 15 feet short of the green. I'm like, oh, jeez. I mean, I really thought, you know, I'd put it in a good spot. So I guess I'm about 10 feet off the green. So I take out a uh, a 9-iron. No, I think I took out an 8-iron, and I took out a, the putter. And you know we're as as teams, you can talk to your teammate about you know hey this putt breaks left or right whatever you know. So Jack's walking by to go to get his ball, and I said, "What do you think? Should I chip it or putt?" He goes, "No, I putt it." And I looked at him and go, "Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You can't chip." He goes, "No, I can't." <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, so it's, it's uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, it just turns out. Now he's better at it than he claims. But I putted it, got to within a foot and a half of the hole, tapped in, and got a. I think I got a five in the hole. I think I. I, was, I got bogey, but yeah. Um, but he is. I mean, 
he'll get on runs out there. He can really play. Um, right, and it's uh, although there was there was one, it was we're playing this hole, and everybody has this right. I have more than my share of them. That for whatever reason, he's playing great, playing great, playing great, and he he hit a bad tee shot. And now he's in trouble, and he kind of he's he's fumbling around the whole thing. We get to the end, and he said the end of the hole. And he says, "Oh, partner, I am so so sorry." I said, "No, we're all right." He goes, "No, no, no." He said, "I really botched it up." I said, "Yeah, but we won the hole. We won the hole." He says, "Yeah, I parted." He goes, "All right." <laughs> he's like, "Okay." I said, "I said, who cares?" I said, "Look, I'll botch up the next hole." I said, "And uh, don't worry, you'll bail me out." I said, that's the way it goes. <laughs> that's why you're a team, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I said. That, well, that's what he said. That's why I said, that's why we're teammates. I'm like, yeah. That's <laughs> Finally got one. <laughs> Finally got one. Oh, goodness gracious. But yeah. Uh, but we have we have fun with it. And I do ask other people just for fun. Do you know what a chutter is? And the reaction I get every time is the same. What the heck is that? Then I explain to them. They look at me like, like really? I finally found a second person that has that in his bag. Paul Keels, the play-by-play voice of Ohio State. Paul and I are playing golf last year. We're playing um, with Eric Soar, uh, the analyst for Indiana, Brian Bush, who's the play-by-play voice of Michigan basketball, also a lefty, by the way, and all right, and Paul. So we're the foursome, three of the greatest guys on the planet, great guys. And also we got near the green. I go, whoa! He says. What the heck? He goes, yeah, this is a. It's kind of like a. It's like it's a chipper around the green. I said, no, 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 no. I said, a friend of mine calls it the chutter. So we're out in Bloomington, Indiana. The suit doesn't realize we are talking about him at this point. They said, a what? I said it's a chutter. That's what he calls it. And then I started explaining how he keeps official stats. And Paul says, look, I'm just trying to get the thing close here. <laughs> Oh, golly. Oh, my goodness. Um, He says he keeps stats. I said, yeah, and they're not accurate. (laughs) I, I mean, the worst one was we were on, and this is the worst one, okay? We're playing 11. At, at Susquehanna Valley Country Club. And I've told this story before in the year, so I know some of you have heard it before. We're playing 11, so par 3. A lot of trees on each side. Uh, and it's one of those where, like, you can hit an overhang, you can hit a really good shot, and you can hit an overhanging branch, and it knocks it down. It turns out that you know, we're playing in a scramble, so you take the best shot. And to be honest with you, we're like uh, we're not on the green, but we're about maybe two feet off the green. It's like no big deal, okay. And I was like, okay. 
He said, and of course, it is announced to all of us. It's chutter time. Like, oh, jeez. Right. It's at that point you were hoping the beverage cart would come by. Yeah. Just to, like, lighten the mood. <laughs> and he takes this thing and he rams it, like, seven feet past the hole. Like, seven feet past. And by the way, not just seven feet past, but 11, you're putting uphill. So if you're seven feet past, you are not, the putt's not going to be downhill at about 1,000 miles an hour. Okay. He ramps it past the whole seven feet. He goes, all right, that's a good one. Three for five on the day. They go, I said, you're calling that good? He goes, absolutely. I said, you're seven feet past the hole. He goes, I'm like, all right. So we were slightly, we weren't on the uh, fairway part. We we're, we're in the, um, just a little bit of high grass, not, not bad. So that's why I decided not to putt. So I took out a uh, I took out a pitching wedge and knocked it to within six inches. Tapped in. I go, I go. That's how close you're supposed to be. <laughs> I said, three, I looked at him. Go three for five. Really? <laughs> I say, come on. <laughs> it's chutter time. I said, he keep. I said, Paul, he keeps stats. <laughs> I, man, that's a place I haven't played in the world. Last time I played SVCC, uh, we played at six o'clock in the nine holes at six o'clock in the morning uh, before my friend's wedding. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I really like that course. Uh, I really like it a lot. But there's the one hole. There's only one hole I feel this way about. There's a whole bunch of holes I really love. I, Sixteen with the pond in the left. I think that's a great hole. Um, let's see. Uh, 14, where the second shot is uphill into a small green. Love that hole. Um, I like the I like the opening hole, but the one hole that I sit back and go, oh, is the par three third hole, where you've got the creek running um, to your left, and then it is now it runs to your left when you tee off, but the creek is still right of the green. They've got this big tree on the left, right? I remember one time hitting one. I'm like, I hit a seven iron. I'm like, this feels great, and it clipped the tree. I'm like, going. It was like, and it's turning because it, I, I have a little left to right turn when I hit it, and it's turning. I'm like, going. You know, I, we got a shot at being on the. Oh, we're doing. <laughs> it's like you son of a gun. Like you get a par on that hole. Right, I mean, in a scramble, you get a par in that hole, and everybody's hugging each other. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's the that is the toughest doggone par three I have played in my life. That goes towards the highway, right? Yes. Okay. That's the toughest bugger of a little hole. I mean, I, we're like, no offense, it's not fun. <laughs> I it, like it's it, like I don't find that hole fun at all. It's like oh, I, so as I play Ventana Canyon. And Vitana Canyon has a hole that is one is one oh one where you're okay, you're a plateau, the green's on a plateau with a small bailout area, and in the middle it is straight down and it's all desert I mean desert canyon, right? 
Yet that hole's fun. Now, maybe because I've played that hole, I think, four times in my life, and all four times I've either, I think I've had three pars and a bogey, right? Because I've hit three good tee shots, and one time the bogey I got was a bailout. But it got to the one small bailout area, and like, oh, okay, good, right? But but I find, like, you step up there, like, even though my buddy Dave Baker and I were, were playing, and we're inching our way down the hill in the cart all the way to the bottom. And then when you get to the bottom, God, I got it! Okay, guys, I gotta go back up to the, the top of the other side. I'm talking, we're going down, all the way down. It's that bad. And then we're like, okay, Dave, hit it! <laughs> Attempt to fly up here, like, trying to get up back to the top. Now, but that hole's fun. The third at, at, at Susquehanna, I'm like, oh, at, and you're like, oh, it's like, okay. Uh, we'll just hit it here. We'll let the water just drip on our forehead. Now, what's great is the fourth hole is wide open, right? Love the tee shot there. The hole is like, that's, you know, you've got to keep the ball below the hole on that one. And then the next one is the world famous bridge hole. <laughs> that's the one where I almost had the hole in one. I mean, like literally, I was I missed by four inches, like four inches, like and it went past. According to the people who stand there, it rolled over the edge of the cup. I'm like, oh, that's my one shot, right? And that's the that's the one of the bridge where the suits hit it twice. Okay, now this is not a covered bridge where it's all wood and you hit it. This is not a bridge that is solid and you hit it. This is a bridge with railings metal railings that are separated by about three feet each. He's hit the metal railing twice. <laughs> you do. <laughs> See, I'd be, yeah. I'd be betting people that I could do it then. Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, because but, but it's also off to the left, but see, he hits a slice, so he's trying to hit it left, and it goes to go left or right, and he'll hit it, and he hits there, and I go, everybody duck! <laughs> Everybody run! <laughs> I'm out there with Drew Kelly. Oh God, I'm trying to think who the other guy was. And 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 what happened was when he hit it, <laughs> Drew and I like turned away and we put our hands down in the lower reaches. <laughs> the other guy put his hands by his face. <laughs> We're like going, "What are you trying to protect there?" <laughs> And then he get, then he sends me a text. When you think about it, it really is impressive to have done that twice. <laughs> <laughs> if you think so, sure. <laughs> He's working on his trick shots. It's going to bounce off and go an inch within an inch he, to the hole. He couldn't get the last three pins when he was on the verge of a three hundred, but he can hit the railing twice on a golf course. <laughs> He got to admit, those are the kind of athletic feats that none of us can really relate to. I can't relate to bowling at 297 or hitting the railing twice. He's like Liam Neeson. He has a certain set of skills. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. And uh, I think we've covered them all. All right, we'll come back. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. 
We'll take a break. Back with more. We've gone from Gina Oriema to talking about this. Yeah. You want to talk about a show that has gone to the complete extremes here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. He always loves this moment when he looks at me and goes, I'm four for seven. I, I look at him and I go, you know, that actually sucks. <laughs> He hates when I say that. <laughs> to be honest with you, that actually sucks. Yeah. Makes you a Hall of Famer in baseball. Uh, yeah, but we're uh, we're just <laughs> off the green. We aren't that far away. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go here. Paul Keels trying to explain to him. That's called the chutter. He goes, you know, Paul with that great voice. He goes. Jonesy, what are you talking about? <laughs> Paul, by the way, is hosting the uh, tournament this year, as a matter of fact. I was just talking to Don Fisher. Fish is going. Almost everybody's going. Um, obviously, Paul's hosting. I'm going. Uh, Gary Dolphin, who's here tonight for Iowa. Dolph is going. I'm sorry. T- 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 Dolph is, I think, 72. He hits a golf ball like he's 42. He's f- phenomenal. Um, let's see who else? Dave Ennett of Northwestern, Brian Barnhart of Illinois. I think Brian Bush of Michigan's going to go again. Uh, Mike Grimm from Minnesota is going. West Durham from the ACC Network. West is going to go. Right. That's like that's how I was, remember I was chiding Wes about. Excuse me. Like, oh, I can't go this year. I'm covering the PGA Golf Championship. Really? <laughs> I said, so you come up with the lamest excuses. <laughs> so we got a lot of guys. Let's see. Uh, Rob Blackman from Purdue is going to go. Uh, I think we got. I think we have. We won't have everybody because I don't think. I'm going to try and convince Johnny Holiday to go. Johnny's a really good player. I'm going to try and convince Johnny Holiday to go. Chris Carlin can't make it because I already talked to Chris about it. Uh, with his ESPN commitments, he can't do it. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Will this be on the Big Ten Network? Oh, God, I hope not. Because <laughs> <laughs> last year, like, this this has become of lore. We get to the third hole, second day. And on the second hole, I hit a drive down the left side. Right, it was a dog leg left with no traffic. Like, there's no trees or anything like that in the left side. So I'm in great shape. And when I hit it, it, it sounded clunky. But I hit it really well. I remember, I remember Paul was on the right-hand side. And Brian Bush and I were on the left-hand side. Eric soars like 500 yards down. <laughs> Eric, Eric shot 71 that day. Like, really? <laughs> like, okay. Uh... But it sounded clunky. I'm like, okay. Eh, I hit the second shot in. I two-putt. I get a par. I'm like, okay, great. You know, the, the Indiana course is pretty tough. I get to the next hole, and I hit it. And the ball goes flying out. Right? And we see something else flying. It's the head of the, go- at the, head of the driver. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it had all this high grass and, uh, and a marsh and everything. So it went in there. But... Like, great. So I teed off with a six iron the rest of the day. <laughs> it's like, great. Oh, 
on that course. And you know what? I, I shot 98 with a six iron off the tee for 15 holes. That's like, I mean, you had to kind of play each one like they were a par five. Now you sound like you're playing like a 90 year old. <laughs> I know. I was like, holy mackerel. Right? It's like, I finally got used to how to hit it. The back nine, I hit it pretty well with the six iron, but you're still like, like you're still the first one to hit because I, because you can't hit it as far as the other guys. But it's all I had left in the bag. I didn't have a three wood in the bag that day. Like, okay. Well, when you outdrive people, you get to make fun of them too the rest of the day at least. The only if you outdrove. Could, the only time I could do that was on a, was on a par three. <laughs> yeah, about that one. All right. <laughs> They're great. They're great guys. One of the reasons, you know, there are a lot of reasons why I love doing this job. But the other guys in the conference are really legitimately just great dudes. All, I mean, all of them. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here. It's 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory with great warranties. The pre-owned inventory, they go over every inch of them. That's why they end up with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a terrific service department. Whether it's routine or difficult, they can take care of it at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 to 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. There are certain things that are talked about on shows such as these where I just sit back and it just tells me, you know, that keep me from listening to them, certain terminology. So when you think of Patrick Mahomes, what do you think of? Right? Great player, creator. I mean, when he needs to run, he can he can run. He's quick. Great release, different arm angles. Right? Playmaker. NFL quarterback, one of the best. And then when you hear about Brock Purdy, he's a game manager. I can't stand that term. I can't stand that term. Like, you're a robot. Here, throw here, throw here. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Right, game manager. Well, what does that mean? Hey, we have these terms that are thrown out there. So define to me, what is a game manager? Is a game manager a guy that gets pressure, ducks out of pressure, takes what looks to be a sack and a second and 20, escapes and gets the ball to use check for 18 yards on a first down? 
Hmm. Is a game manager a guy that gets pressure and looks around and says, wow, it's wide open, takes off and runs? Gee, doesn't Patrick Mahomes do that? Hmm. Wow. We throw around these terms in these shows to act as if we all know what we're talking about. He's a game manager. Well, what does that mean? Like, to me, a third-string quarterback who's forced to play, and there were some third-stringers that played this year, yeah, I would put them in game management. Look, just do what we tell you. Okay? Don't deviate. What, what Purdy has, to his credit, which we talk about with Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes has a beautiful feel for the game. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. But he has a beautiful feel for the game. You watch Purdy. Like I said, three out of four games he plays like a first-round pick. One game out of the four he'll play like a seventh-round pick. Happens. But for the most part, he has a really beautiful feel for the game. You know, how to get the ball over a linebacker. Especially over the middle, he throws that ball. And that's when you can tell when he's having the seventh-round day. When he's having the seventh round day, is that day that he tries to just drop one in over the middle and it gets knocked down or picked. When he's having the first round day, it clears the hand of the defender by about four to six inches and it's right in the one spot it needs to be in. But we come up with these talk show terms that are just that just don't make any sense and it's all just to you know it, like I was talking about the um, the analysts on and a lot of them are on well, some of them are on ESPN college football some but most of them are on the talk show part now he goes in the A gap and the B gap and those well, look at this you know, yeah, you know how many times I've heard Jack Ham talk about the A gap and the B gap in 24 years? None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. He tells you who's doing what. He doesn't get into the techni- technical mumbo jumbo. Uh, he explains things where the average fan, because you're talking to all fans. Okay? I'm not. Okay? One of the worst things that you can do is try to talk to your contemporaries. I'm going to show them I know exactly what I'm talking about. No, why don't you tell the fans, okay, of all types, okay? All right, what's going on so they understand the game. Okay, that that's what your job is. Your job is not to impress contemporaries. It's to... Make sure the fan knows what's going on. So I hear the game manager thing. Hey, he's just a game manager. Just a what? What do you mean, just a game manager? Tell everybody what you mean by that. What do you mean by that? Don't you want everybody to be a game manager, essentially? In the well, actual, in the, you know, you don't want them to make mistakes. You want them to get the ball to the right people. That's it. I mean, it's used as a as an insult, but 
Right. It's exactly. It's used but it's as exactly, an, It's exactly what you want your quarterback to do, though. Right. You know, it, but it doesn't mean they can't be creative in the moment. That's why I point out the use check play. I mean, if Mahomes had done it, oh, Mahomes, oh, because I think, um, you know, because I think Mahomes is one of those uh, guys I pay to see. You know, I mean, I'd pay to see him. Fun, right? Can get, you know, you know, can take off and run, make plays, make big drives. I mean, you know. I was listening to a podcast yesterday where somebody made the point that, you know, maybe Pat- Patrick Mahomes doesn't get enough credit for how how smart he is either. That oh, some of the stuff yeah, that Andy yeah. Reid's doing this year with motion and, and other things is just so complicated at this point that, you know, somebody that's only that somebody that's really smart and knows what's going on is going to be able to do some of that stuff. Exactly. You know, and, and he's really a smart player, smart quarterback. Um, he, you know, and so's Purdy. Oh. I mean, now, do I think Mahomes is better than Purdy? Sure. But per- Purdy has to be really good for what the 49ers do. Mahomes has to be really good for what Kansas City does. I think they both fit the teams that they're on. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, anybody that watched, watched Brock Purdy at, Ohio, at Iowa State doesn't think he's a game manager. That man made some made some great out of, off-the-cuff plays and some weird ones as well. <laughs> sure, absolutely. He, he was, at, at, in Ames, he's beloved. Oh, I mean, I'm talking not because he's with the 49ers. I mean, he was beloved. He was a four-year starter there. He was their guy. Um, you know, they were able to beat Oklahoma. I think they beat Iowa, too, you know, at least once when they were there. He's one of those guys that I got to see a lot in college just as the just as a function that he played at a lot of noon games, and that's usually the games right. I get to see. <laughs> right, sure, right. Yeah. So there, you know, I'm just glad that uh, – but again, these terms are thrown out on shows such as these, and you can just tell the second I hear it, the first thing I think of is, well, two things. Uh, they don't really know what they're talking about, and uh, B, they're just throwing out terms to act like they're smart. And because you don't know what you're talking about, you're not smart. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Lady Lines play Iowa tonight, which means they seek. Caitlin Clark. Adam Rittenberg, who's been on our show before, wrote a great article today about the Caitlin Clark effect. Um, She, and it's the attendance part. According to Vivid Seats, Iowa fans are traveling 34% farther to see Caitlin Clark and her teammates this season than last. The average ticket price for Iowa's road games is $107.75. Fans have traveled an average of 137.7 miles to see the Hawkeyes away from Iowa City. Iowa for road games. Iowa for road games is averaging 10,953 just to see her play. 10,953. Um, 
Now, second for road games is Indiana at 8,288. The average attendance when teams appeared on the road this year, total, the average attendance is 5,227, which is about what I expected. Several Big Ten schools have said they have increased arena staff for Iowa games or matched what they use for sellouts on the men's side. Purdue has put up stanchions to keep some distance between the Iowa bus and the large crowds that gather to see Clark as she entered and exited Mackey Arena. When you pull up to Mackey on the bus, the football stadium is on your left, but you're you're at the end zone side. But you literally are getting off the bus, walking on uh, across the sidewalk that goes around the arena and then to the the door. It's about I would say a thirty foot walk. Okay, maybe thirty five, maybe thirty five foot walk from the bus to the door. Well, they have to when like when we go in, when we went into the game oh, 3 weeks ago there. Their fans were already coming as a noon game. And their fans were already like they had to really like wall it off on each side just for us to get in. Imagine what it's like for her to get in. All right. Um They, um, the, they all talk about what they see when they, when they see her. They, they, you know, Lisa Bluter is saying like, "Oh my gosh, it's Caitlin Clark. It's fun to see. It really is." Well, yeah, it is. Um, now they'll sell out tonight. Fourteen thousand four forty-eight, I think, is the number. Uh, they'll sell out tonight because they've been sold out every game. Their season tickets were gone right away. Um, when they played at the Schottenstein Center, which Ohio State men's basketball, when Penn State played there, there was 9,000 fans. But they had 18,660, okay, for that game on the 21st. That's the one they lost, and that's the one where uh, she got hit by the fan who was holding up her cell phone, filming everything. <laughs> uh, Northwestern. Vivid seats were going for one ninety nine each. You know, the people already have season tickets. They don't have to worry about that. Um, for its game in West Lafayette, January 10th, Purdue saw a massive spike in revenue. The tickets for the Iowa game were $106,250. Average sales for all other games, 21900 Concessions for the Iowa game, $36,000. Average concession other games, 11500 What does it tell you? They look the sport. Every sport needs a celebrity. She's it. She sounds like the Beatles of women's college basketball right now. <laughs> well, well, she is. Yeah, yeah. No, no, she is. And look, there have been other great players in the sport: Candace Parker, Cheryl, Cheryl Miller, Diana Taurasi, you know, Kelsey Mitchell of Ohio State. Right. Um, but this one, she creates an atmosphere. Um, and and again, to her credit, she may be 22 years old. She handles it well. Like I said, after games, she'll come out, she'll take pictures, selfies, sign autographs, whatever. 
because it goes back to that interview I did with Michael Jordan. Somebody said, what was your impression of spending 15 minutes with Jordan? I said, you know, he knows exactly who he is. She knows who she is. And at 22, that's impressive to do. Um, and, you know, it's a shame that, you know, they did play here last year. They won big here last year. It's a shame they couldn't play here this year because, I mean, I know so many people here that want to go back and see her play. But she's had an incredible impact on the sport. I was going to say, my daughter's eight, and I make sure she gets to she gets to watch Iowa basketball any chance she mm-hmm. gets this year. She'll get a chance to watch it tonight. Eh, nine o'clock's a little late for me. Come on, it's a Thursday <laughs> night. They're not going to get any school tomorrow. Come on, come on. Let's see what. Let's see Purdue basketball. Let me just take that for a second. Purdue basketball. Now the men's basketball is one thing, but I'll switch over to the women's here in a second. Uh, and usually Purdue women's basketball draws pretty well. They do pretty well. Uh, stats. Purdue women's basketball Instagram. Don't think so. That's <laughs> need the stats here. PDF. They'll have the average attendance on there. So Purdue right now averages 6,364 per home game. And if you take out the Iowa game, where's Iowa? Where they had 14,876. So they had, let's see, for the season, they have drawn 76,362. Okay. Take out the one game, 14,876, uh, equals 61,000. And they have played, how many home games have they played and on the season? They have played 12 home games. So let's divide that by 11. And there you go. They averaged 5,589 for the year, which is fine. That's good. But they got 14,000, almost 15,000 for that game. Every seat gone at Mackey. That's the effect she's having in the game. People want to see her play. Right? Like I said, the tough part is in the Big Ten, there are some years you only play somebody once and they ask to be at their place. Well, it turns out that you know, it's like fans this year didn't get a chance to see Zach Eady play here. They didn't get last year either because it was down at the Palestra. Yeah. Okay, we'll uh, wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. uh, Yeah, the Waste Management opens this week. So when Penn State was out for the Fiesta Bowl, Chris Peterson, she, of course, does a great job running sports information over Penn State and for football. She played over there, and everything was all set up. She parred the 16th hole. How about that? That's impressive. No, no, Chris is a good player. She can play. She's really good. Uh, 60 Minutes last Sunday had a segment on the epidemic of sports gambling. And in the uh, segment, they interviewed a professor uh, 
about addicted gambling. And the guy said that he has patients coming to him that have gambled away their student loans and their entire inheritances. Yikes. Art Schlichter just got arrested again this week, this past weekend. Did he really? Yep. Oh, goodness gracious. Speaking of gambling from 30 years ago. Wow. Whew. Um, wow. That's uh, not great. No. Uh, it's, you know, it's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. I've never encouraged it. Uh, now, tomorrow we're going to do prop bets, right, and have fun with it on the show. But, like, everybody knows I'm gambling nothing, yeah. <laughs> as usual. <laughs> as usual. That's because I'm cheap. Huh. Uh, but a gambling treatment counselor says some people are... And I asked students in my class about gambling. I said, you know, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. They answer it. You know, they tell me all the time that they're gambling. Really? I, oh, I, I don't know what I would have done at that age, man. I probably would have gotten myself into trouble, too. Uh, I would not have. I just have never been a gambler. The suit already wants to bet the over on Reba and the National Anthem. <laughs> I will not see it, so I don't know. I will probably, as she sings it, I'll probably still be in the air at the time. Well, tomorrow we'll do that. Some prop bets. We'll have some fun.